following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Welcome to The Leftovers, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Network, with Josh Dunn, Anshu Khanna, and Dan Bauer. Hello and welcome to The Leftovers. It is Monday, day, October 22nd. I'm Josh Dunn. I am this evening as we record on Sunday night by Anshu Khanna. Anshu, how was your, your Sunday with your Packers being off? Uh, unique. Got to spend some time with my good buddy Josh Dunn here, and uh, yeah, that was good. It's uh, you know, it's always nice when you don't have the stresses of an NFL Sunday, which I know you're kind of going through right now. But uh, yeah, it's not bad to sit back and watch all your fantasy teams suck it up. Yeah, yeah, no, same boat with you there. And uh, not only did my fantasy team suck it up, but my team, my team on the field, did up as well. So since that's the most recent recent news, and uh, I want to kind of kind of rip the band off as quickly as possible, why don't we just go through that through that one now? Uh, let's talk about the Chiefs Bengals. Obviously, this is this is an embarrassing performance for the Bengals. Uh, they have Tampa Bay at home at home for their high week. Uh, but this is a bad look for the Cincinnati, and it really says a, says a lot about this Kansas City offense. I everybody expected them to put them to a point, uh, but I don't think like, anybody expected the Bengals to be as pedestrian besides myself, self, and maybe our buddy Steve. Uh, as they were in this game. So, Anch, so Anch, I guess I just like to hear kind of what your thoughts were as, as you was dumpster fire, fire of a game here tonight. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, obviously it wasn't uh, the prettiest performance for your boys. Uh, definitely, I thought, left a lot of plays on the field, which – I would say is the encouraging side of it. Like, honestly, I know you don't want to hear it, but they just, they should have scored way more points. Like it did not feel like Kansas city's defense was, was, you know, forcing the issue that much. I know the Bengals come away with only 10 here, um, but you know, it felt like they could have definitely scored 24. The issue obviously has to be Cincinnati's defense going into Kansas city in a situation that they may have to face, you know, in January, honestly, or a team like Kansas City, if it's not them, yeah, I know. It's but they're four and three still. The divisions aren't getting away. So, you know, and it, you know the reality is Baltimore loses today, Cleveland loses today, Pittsburgh idle. But you know, it's it's just it's one of those things. They're going to be hanging around. It, but the, the what I'm trying to get at is these are the kind of games they're going to have to be close in. And this veteran defense should have been much better than they performed today. Kansas city just toyed with them. I mean, I think you'll, you'll be able to speak to that better than I will, but 550 yards and they really, you know, it could have been more. Kansas city was basically done playing there with, you know, five or six minutes left in the game. So this was the full scope of Andy Reid and, and Patrick Mahomes powers. And it looked juggernaut ish, I would say. So not, not great or not promising on that end, but you know, it's one week, and, uh, you know, you just got to – I think the home field advantage is a huge factor, and you just got to hope that, you know, this game doesn't happen in Kansas City with perfect conditions again down the line. 
Yeah, the Bears have four out of their next five games are going to be at home, which is nice. But, but this, I mean, this is the kind of, kind of performance as a Bengals, Bengals fan that defines just the nature of being a Bengals fan. I mean, I mean, these are games that you look look at when you are a Bengals fan and that are just, you know, it's 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 kind of one of those we're still the Bengals games, and that's, and that it felt watching it. It's like all right, Andy Dalton's fifteen of twenty nine in this in this game and. You know, has less than 200. Actually, has less than 100, 100 yards passing. He, th- he throws a terrible interception. Really, th- there were a few others that could have been, p- been picked off. Uh, they never were able to really establish the run. And AJ has 110 yards in the first half, and then he has one, one cat the whole rest of the way. I just, I, th- this is hard to watch as a, as a Bengal because the defense, not only did they look bad against the offense, which a lot, they're going to, the offense is going to make a lot, a lot of defenses look bad, but they had, they had penalties that we've seen this team have over the years that are just, are just unnecessary, complete boneheaded plays that are late hits and, and pushes out of bounds and things like that. It's just, there's absolutely no discipline. Uh, a lot of people talk about Marvin Lewis has never really had had the room. I mean, this this, this game's foolproof of that. Terrell Austin uh, pitched, a, pitched a horrible out on the defensive side of the football, and I just am really really embarrassed to be, to be a Bills fan right now. I mean, I don't really have any positive, positive takeaway in this game. I, I, I think the only positive that you can really, really is that they play, play Tampa Bay at home next week, and Tampa, Tampa Bay not looked great in their own right. right. But the Bengals lose that game. They go into the bye at eight, at, at four, and they're, they're, they're really not even close to looking like a, play, like a playoff team in this game. But I, I will say... It for to 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 Kansas credit, I mean, when you when you look at Kansas City and really, I guess I guess England, that that the class of the AFC, the rest, the rest of these teams are really just jokers. It's it's not close, and I and I guess that was the takeaway here in this one is, you know, I never really never really thought the Bengals were a serious contender at any point this season. I mean, I mean, I don't Steelers are a contender, contender and almost beat the Steelers. I I, I think Kansas Kansas City and New England in that game last, last week that we were able to get a chance to watch, they cemented them themselves as the only, in my opinion, contenders in the AFC. Yeah. I mean, would you throw anybody else in the mix there? Uh, the only team that I think is sneaking around that's interesting is the Chargers. I think that that team, you know, they barely scoot, squeak by the Titans today in London. But, you know, when you look at I keep bringing this up with the Chargers, only two losses were their home opener, uh, the opener of the season when they faced the Chiefs and lose 38-28. And again, that was closer than that. And then in week three, they had to go to the Rams and they lose that game 35-23. Um, you know, when your only two losses through six games are to the those two teams, the Chiefs and Rams, I think you're in a, a decent spot. You know, they haven't exactly beaten a ton of great teams, but I would I would just reserve judgment on that currently. But, you know, more, by and large, you're right. And, I, and, you know, I would even say that, man, when the Chiefs play at home, I don't think the Patriots can beat them there either. Like, I, I the way they look tonight, look – we we need we're gonna need to take a step back in a couple of days we'll be able to do this and really be able to qualify it as Kansas City played its absolute best game on both sides of the ball. They go nine of twelve on third downs, Josh. They go five hundred fifty yards. I mean, to your point, they they were timely when they had those opportunities. They were on schedule, they were all manageable, and Patrick Mahomes was, you know, every bit of his super talented self. So but I, I agree with you. Generally speaking, I think those two teams are cut above. And then, you know, you got that group that I would throw the Bengals in. I think it's the Chargers. I think it's the Bengals. I'd put the Steelers and Ravens in there as well. Um, but, you know, right now, these two teams are, are – there's a long way to go, but these two teams are cut above. Yeah, I get where you're coming coming from with the Chargers, but I mean they were a two two point version attempt away for away from losing to the Titans today. I I think the Titans are a, a, a pretty joke in their own own right. That's that's what I'm saying. I just the, the the AFC kind of kind of from feet down is just, just blah. It just it just doesn't excite me. Like even 
you know, you know, think ahead for the Bengals as well as a Bengals fan. It's just tough to kind of think about like what this team has has in for its future. Because you look at the sidelines and it was just it it was like a blood, like a bloodbath. It was moralizing. You, you look at faces on the players. It seems seems like, like they didn't didn't even they didn't even get up up for the game. So it's it's very frustrating, very frustrating to watch, fan, But. We all go through that. There were a lot of other other games, and I'd like to move past that one. So let's talk about about some ones that uh, that had some patience. So the Patriots end up being able to hold on again against Bears here in Chicago. Monk sits this one out, but uh, the Bears with a nice a nice little comeback. I know you're not a huge Trubisky fan, but there there is some something that for him, you know, throwing up Hail Mary and them come coming with the yard to tie this game up. up. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, there's definitely something to be said about a team that that stays within. You know, the touchdown of the Patriots, even though it was at home, even though Grant's not playing. I agree. Like, I, I, you know, we watched this game together by and large, so you know my thoughts on a lot of this game. Trubisky throws two balls in the end zone that should have been intercepted, just straight up drops by the Patriots. But to his credit, he takes advantage of those mistakes by the defense and throws two touchdowns. In the meanwhile, the Patriots scored two defensive or special teams touchdowns, which are generally kind of flukish. So you could argue that the Bears weren't outclassed by the Patriots and we just mentioned that the Patriots seem like they're cut above everybody else in that AFC so by de facto you know de facto they this you know this Bears team has to be considered at least a somewhat marginal contender I, I think and so you know I I think I think when you look at Trubisky's stats and you see 26 of 50 330 yards you know people are and then another 80 yards rushing I think people are gonna think he had a better game than he did but um, I'll give him credit for the gutty comeback. I do not think he looked very good at all. I thought he was missing receivers left and right. Some of the receivers did drop a couple passes here and there, but I just I thought he looked terrible. Um, and I, I think he will be the bottleneck to them being a real contender, you know, for as long as he's there. I think, and definitely this year. Yeah, he didn't look great. great. Like you said, we watched we watched him together. I, you know, Trubisky's he, he's one of those guys guys that can make you make you pay with his feet a little. But he, he did not look not look good throwing ball in key situations there. So the Chiefs were obviously obviously locked to blow out, blow out the Bengals this weekend. But Dan Dan's last show um, uh, most recently the Browns taking care of things against the Buccaneers. And uh, this was, was an ugly game. Both quarterbacks are pretty terrible with uh, with opportunities in this in overtime and regulation. Uh, but but is able to uh, somehow put together a drive that ends resulting in a 59-yard game-winning goal uh, for Kat and Zaro. So obviously, obviously you know, this isn't a big, big game. You look at the grand scheme of things, but in a microcosm of a small, small world here, it, it is big because we have a Browns fan on staff. So so I got to hear on Chuchu. Did you did you, did you see anything out of Baker that that gives you some for this Browns team? I, I didn't think he looked great, especially especially moments down the stretch. Yeah, you know, honestly, we were watching it on Red Zone. We were watching the Bears Patriots game, so didn't get a ton of chances to watch them until the end which is when Baker's got to come through, you know, that's why that's his thing. Like his, he's supposed to be Broadway Baker, right? Like the guy that comes through in the clutch in prime time. And, uh, and he just, he had a bunch of chances to win this game and they just kept folding. So, you know, we, I think we do a decent job of giving Baker credit where due. And I thought today he did not look great. I mean, you know, I guess the credit where due on the late touchdown to Jarvis Landry, but you know, that's comes off of a, a pretty nice return. Jabril Peppers had a great day returning the ball for the Browns. So but I just, I, one. oh yeah, pull that too. But he, overall, I thought he, he looked pretty good. But generally speaking, you know, like they, I, I thought he, you had a bunch of chances to win and you didn't do it. So I know Dan's out here to defend his boy, but I, 
feeling he would agree that you've got to close the deal, especially against a pretty not great Tampa defense. Um, and to not do that, I, I think, is a bad look for them. And I, I, I'm not sure if you just mentioned this or not. I know your feelings on it, but Jameis had a bad day today. Horrible. Like, uh, he looked horrible. Two interception, fumble. He looked terrible. And he threw that pick in overtime that really that's, – that's that I'm talking about. I mean, when, when after yeah. that interception – the Browns, the Browns ball at like the 40, 45 yard line going in. Like you sh- that should be an easy opportunity. All you do is complete one pass. And Tampa Bay's terrible defense will stop him him multiple times over time. That's why I'm saying I just I'm not buying into into Baker's the goat. I mean it's it's easy, but uh, I, I just don't see it. Jameis did look horrible, but this is the Tampa Tampa Bay Mears. I mean I could, could see why you would think that the the, the Browns Browns should be a lock to lock to win this game. But they're clearly not. That's the fourth game they go into overtime, and then you know that's about the, about the only team in the AFC that. Uh, uh, scared of as a bang as a Bengals fan. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that the Browns have better days ahead. I think Mayfield's going to be a fine quarterback, but at least today and the light, and you know, again, they've had a lot of overtime games. This should be getting to be pretty old hat for this team, and and you know, we saw it on Hard Knocks. We've talked about it ad nauseum with Dan and others, but you know, this Browns team should be ready to win these games, and they just find they just flat out haven't. It's they're not playing world beaters they should definitely be able to handle a tampa team in florida like this and that that they didn't i think is a pretty harsh criticism of hugh jackson a lot of rumors circulating here late tonight on sunday that hugh jackson may or may not be around this week it sounds like john dorsey and some of the brass up there in cleveland uh are thinking of thinking things through uh with their coaching staff and possible major changes coming so something to keep an eye on this week it could be the end of the hugh jackson era mercifully in cleveland i wish that was the Marvin Lewis Sarah after one dumpster. <laughs> uh, but let's go through. So there, there were a couple other games that, that came down to the stretch, and I think we found found out a couple of other te- teams that are pretenders. We look toward the toward the end of the season, or I guess midway through this, the season. So the the drop one that they they really had in the bag against uh, uh, Carolina, and this was at home. At home, they lose one to seventeen. Uh, your boy Greg Olson with the with the game touchdown, but but this is a game that Carson Carson had so many chances chances to win, made a lot of terrible throws in that last minute of this game. Uh, they should have won. On a, also, the Texans are able to step on the Jaguars' throat as, as the Jaguars just falling apart here midseason. The Saints oh. ain't able to Ravens on a, on a missed extra point by somebody who has made two made 220 straight in Justin Tucker. So, uh, these, of these three, three games, obviously the Raven, Ravens out and call a pretender, but but you look at the Jaguars, Jaguars, look at the Eagles. I mean, are these teams that maybe aren't as good as we thought, thought they were? I mean, I think that's absolutely fair, especially early on. We thought the Jags looked like you know, one of the best teams in the league. And, you know, they opened up the season with some big time wins. You know, they give the Patriots all they can handle. Like, you know, that we, we thought this Jags team was legit. I mean, they beat the Patriots 31 20. That looked like at that point, Jaguars are two and oh, they look like a team that was flying into, you know, potentially the number one seed in the AFC. Now, as you say, three and four, they are, are no given in the division. I think they might be last in the division, or not quite because of Colts, but you know they're they're second to last in the division. They're you know their their hopes are on life support. They you know awkwardly benched Blake Bortles today, which is just a tough look, and it's uh it's getting weird in in Jacksonville. Obviously, Leonard Fournette out. They desperately trade for Carlos Hyde. I mean, they have. They have had a bunch of chances to win games, and their schedule has not been tough, and they just haven't been able to. So I, I mark them. You know, it's you know with that defense, with the, we know the caliber of players on that defense. You got to think that ultimately they'll pull it together and look like a playoff-ish team eventually. But um, really, just that, that's a team that's definitely not as good as I thought they were. And you know, you talk about Philly. I, 
Yeah, the, today was just an awful choke. I mean, they had so many chances to put away the Panthers, and they never did. As you say on the last drive, some weird decision-making by Carson Wentz, not checking down and getting some first downs there late. Then they just run out of time and downs. Um, but I, I still think that they're the best team in that division. I know the Skins have won a couple in a row now after getting embarrassed on Monday night by the Saints a few weeks ago, but I still don't buy them, really. Uh, I don't definitely don't buy Dallas. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I still think Philly will be OK, but I, I think you make a good point with both that they may not be who we thought they were. Is there anybody else you had your eye on that you felt that way about or am I wrong about well, one of those two? No, I, I think you're I think you're kind of nailing it. I, 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 the Eagles think that they're in a position to, to not be a pretender just because of what you said and what the vision they and they have a really good, really good opportunity there. You know, you mentioned the R words. They're four and two now uh, with a, with a big day against the Cow- Cowboys. That Cowboys had a chance, chance to, to tie that thing up as up as a as elation expires, but uh, they mm-hmm. missed a field goal that would would have made this and sent it, sent it into overtime. Uh, so, so the Redskins, I, I don't really buy, really buy them. I buy the Cowboys either. I don't really particularly like any team team division, but like like you said, the Eagles the Eagles will have, will have an opportunity. Uh, it's just it's just it's just a shame they squandered one away that they really should have had in the bag because this Carolina Carolina team is sneaking away with some close victories down the stretch stretch of games. They I just, are. I just don't think they're that great. But but NFC no. uh, as opposed to, to what we was talking about with the AFC, which you see, which is very tough. The NFC, I feel like there are a lot of teams teams that, uh, uh, on on top in the NFC. Obviously the Rams look like the the you know you know prime to to, to win it in the, in the NFC and advance advance this goal, but it's so early and early in the season. I think there are a lot of other teams. You look at the Saints and what they were able to do able to do a close one against the Ravens. You know you look at teams like like the Ravens who are on the up and up and up and some others. You know the, you know, the NFC I feel like is a little more wide, more wide open when you look beyond the, the Rams. But you know I, I'd like to I'd like to hear what you think think as far as the NFC as we look toward this uh, later part of our part of the season. Yeah, I mean, the Bears, by losing, dropped from first to dead last in the division. I think that I still think they'll be heard from generally, but that's that's going to be tough because look at the Vikings. Now we look at we turn around after that loss to the Rams, and they've had some ugly squeaker wins. I didn't think they looked particularly good today when they were flashing on, but you know, made some big plays, and then that final score looked much bigger of a discrepancy between them and the Jets than what I think the actual on-field was. But now the Vikings are 4-2-1, and one, and... Look, they are right there for the number two, even potentially the number one seed if the Rams start faltering at all. Um, you know, you brought up the Saints. I I got to throw the Packers out there just because they have Aaron Rodgers. They come off the bye and go to the Rams next week. And Aaron Rodgers has never been a bigger underdog in his entire career than the eight and a half they open up. They are now nine and a half point dogs. The Rodgers-led Green Bay Packers are nine-and-a-half-point dogs at L.A., so that's a great litmus test for them. I have a feeling it's going to end up very similarly to your night tonight, so whatever. I, <laughs> my hopes are not high. Um, but, you know, you're you're right. I, and, you know, I think that there are other teams that are kind of hanging around. I mean, we don't think much of the Seahawks, but they're three-and-three. Three. You know, they're right in the playoff line. I mean, the, the Panthers, as you said, I don't think much of them at all. They're four-and-two, and then everybody in the NFC East is garbage, but they're all – you know, they're all still alive except for the Giants. So it's going to be interesting. It's wide open in the NFC, and I agree it's very different uh, compared to the AFC with those two teams. Yeah, yeah, it was a tough Sunday for for the NFL football for me. For me, but uh, there was, a, there, was a, there were some good games on. I think things you were starting to see some teams separate separate themselves. Some teams, un, unfortunately, showing their ugly face that we were uh, accustomed to seeing for many years in Cincinnati. Cincinnati. But there was other sports going on this weekend. We had we had Iowa State drop a game to Purdue. Uh, I just wanted to touch on this on this briefly. We don't talk a lot of college football on this show, but uh, this is a this is a upset. I mean, Ohio State looked primed. 
for a you know playoff playoff berth this season. You know, I I I, I was I was surprised to see Purdue hang on. You thought so many times many times during this Ohio State was going to make that run, make that comeback. I was just very very surprised that that never happened. And uh, aren't you how how surprised were you? I know you're obviously a Wisconsin guy, but how surprised were you to you to see a state? Drop this game to the the, the lowly boilermakers. I remember seeing the seeing the game be a primetime game on Saturday. They were advertising it all all week with PN, and I just, just laughed. I was like, "Who cares about this blowout <laughs> game?" But then the, yeah. then the line was only thirteen or fourteen or whatever it was, and I'm like, "What? What are they that I don't?" So, so how surprised were you uh, that this this uh, uh, Ohio State just won? I mean, super surprised. Obviously, we you know some people who go to Purdue who may be involved with the athletic department there, and I, I know that this was a game, obviously, they had circled on their calendar for a long time. Remember, Purdue opened up this season with that thrilling home game against Northwestern. They ultimately dropped that game, but they showed that they've got some interesting pieces, and in particular, their freshman running back is, is a really, running back slash receiver is a really, really fun player. So, you know, this is a... Uh, you know, it, with um, Bert, Jeff Brom at the helm, a guy that was highly coveted by SEC schools this last offseason. I mean, Purdue is a team that's on the rise. I, I, but that being said, it's, you know, with the Bosa stuff this week, it still just felt like this was uh, this has been Ohio State season all along to, you know, ro- roll into the playoff easily, especially with Wisconsin looking terrible, especially with Michigan kind of looking pretty iffy. Um, you know, it just felt like a fait accompli that they were going to roll through. And, and this game means Ohio State definitely has to win out and then hope for some help to make the playoff. They still could, but uh, getting blown out by Purdue is a shocker uh, for sure. That, like, it's not just losing. You know, losing happens. But to get completely outclassed, to score only 20 points against a Purdue defense that was just hemorrhaging points, is uh, that's, a, that's a surprising one for sure. Definitely. Uh, we we got to touch on this. Last thing we're going to do, do before Obade, but the fight that broke out in the yes. Houston, Houston Rights LA Lakers games is uh, Lon's home. Oh, well, first home game as an LA Laker, but it gets gets kind of filled at the end of the game. Game and this was a close one down the stretch, but but uh, Rajon Rondo apparently spits on Chris Paul. Chris Paul. Uh, the punch, and then then there's there's a few punches thrown from Brandon Ingram comes out of nowhere and trying and trying to throw haymakers. So what do you make of this? This was crazy. So Brandon Ingram, Ingram four games, Rajon Rondo it's three. Chris Paul gets it to two game suspension. I feel, like that, I feel like that's a little luck for what transpired. I mean, they're throwing legitimate haymakers makers in the court. Yeah, dude. I I think that if they weren't bigger names, if Chris Paul wasn't the players' president, you know, like this would be a 10 game suspension. If you, if you saw like JaVale McGee or one of these guys doing it, I think it'd be a very different type of suspension, but because of the names involved, the NBA just does not want to suspend Chris Paul for that long. That's really all there is to it, I think. And, uh, and then that trickles down to the other guys involved, but, uh, and obviously any LeBron led team, you don't want to be suspending the second best or third best player on those teams. So I, I really do think that's part of it. I mean, it'd be naive to think otherwise. And, uh, it's pretty cool that that's the way this season's gotten started, though, that we already have this heat in the middle of two teams that consider themselves Western Conference contenders. I obviously, I think we both agree that uh, at least one of them is not really a contender, but I, I don't think either of them are. Yeah, I The Lakes stink. I mean, is They're... it too early to say this, say that they stink? Yeah, I, look, I we talked about it a little this weekend, but just to provide color to the, the listeners, I mean, they – it's just hard to look at that cast and the way that they play. They're interesting, um, but they just—I I agree with you. And this is something I know you feel. It. That's they just don't seem like they have all the pieces in place to make a legit run. And and not only a legit run, I'm not sure that they're 
a playoff team. Exactly. Right? exactly. Yeah. yeah, like I just give LeBron – you automatically assume LeBron's making the playoffs no matter what. But this is going to be a big challenge for him given how good some of the other Western Conference teams are. After this uh, Sunday, I'm I, I ready to move on to, on to basketball season, but then the Cavs get stomped. So I'll start with my old, my over the way because it's uh, your boy, Trey Young. I was going to do that. 35 points and 10 assists against my, my Cleveland Cavs. And the Cavs, the first three games this season, they look great, great quarter and a half, half, and they just absolutely fall apart. I don't know what it is, but they figure some things out. Obviously, it's a young team. I, I thought, thought maybe – that eight seed range, but it just doesn't look like they're going to do do anything this year. Uh, but I was impressed with Trey Young. I know I know he's your guy, uh, but I was impressed with performance tonight for sure. What do you have? Yeah, man. Yeah, I I, I think that he's going to be awesome. But I also want to talk about, uh, I guess, kind of a zero bias here NBA segment. I was going to talk about Trey, but I'll I'll talk about another guy that's had an awesome first two games of the season, and that is the Chicago Bulls, Zach Levine. He's got thirty three and then thirty. He is the first player uh in bulls history to score 30 30 points in the first two regular season games since michael jordan um and only the third player in bulls history the other two both hall of famers jordan and uh, i can't remember who the other one is honestly but um good signs for zach levine while there are other high price high big ticket free agents uh you know jabari parker looks absolutely horrendous the bulls are already super nervous about it by all accounts um he's not starting he's he finished the last game against the pistons and choked Away the end on the defensive end. It is an absolutely embar- absolute embarrassment on that end. If you get a chance to see it, if Smith just completely works him over off the screen, um, he is he's a disaster. But Zach Levine is giving the Bulls fans some some hope uh, for when Laurie Marketing comes back. That maybe just maybe Levine is that kind of piece that they need to build around. Uh, and they need you know they need multiple, but that's a big one if he's good. Yeah, and the Warriors tonight. So, you know, the Cavs yeah. lose. Those the Bengals yeah. get smoked. smoked. The Cavs smoked by the worst team in the NBA. The Bengals get <laughs> by the best team in the, in the AFE anyway. Uh, but at least the Warriors, the Warriors lost. So we have one thing to hang our hat on. And Steelers didn't play. So oh, that's as well. There you go. There you go. to add for the good of the group. It's Monday. Let's get our, let's get our listeners get to it. But uh, aren't you anything last uh, we wanted to add to add? No, it was, uh, it was a fun weekend minus this uh, end of the Sunday, buddy. Yeah, it was a terrible ending, but uh, uh, the means was pretty, pretty good. So, Anshu Khanna, I'm Josh Dunn. This has been The Leftovers. We will see you on Wednesday.